0: What is up, plant people? Hey, today is New Year's Eve, two thousand and twenty. Thank you, God. Uh, this this year is almost over. This is Vikram Baliga and I'm back with a special episode of the Plant Podcast. That's not really the Plant Anthropology Podcast at all. Well, it is sort of. I should explain. So a couple of days ago, uh, we got to do a really cool live stream with a whole bunch of really cool, really smart podcasters from all over the world as far as Australia we had folks in uh, Israel we had folks in the UK some uh, people all over the US and Canada and all kinds of places And it was super cool Um, and uh, how this came about is I'm in this twitter like group chat with a whole bunch of other podcasters in science and academia. And we got the idea of, well, hey, wouldn't it be cool to do some sort of a live... It was originally supposed to be a Christmas event, actually, talking about the year and everything that was going on and, and what we'd learned and what we do on our shows and all of that. But it, it was just hard to coordinate before Christmas, so we decided why not do it as a New Year's event. So we did this... Um, uh, two days ago on Tuesday, and it was so much fun, y'all. And uh, there were, um, I think, 12 shows represented, including mine, 12 different podcasts. And if you don't know anything about podcasters, we are kind of all over the place. We're, we tend to be creatives, and and as a result of that, we tend to be very, uh, oh, what's it? Um, i don't want to say scatterbrained but like we do lots of things we're busy folks and on top of that a lot of folks in um our little group are our scientists or educators or uh, um, documentarians or, or just data analysts and all kinds of stuff. So we're very busy and it's very hard to coordinate something like this. But um, the producer of the What Are You Going to Do With That podcast, Ido Rosenzweig, um, somehow managed to pull all of this together all of this together and he um he mc or or kind of ran and moderated this event and did just such a wonderful job of keeping us all on task and keeping everything straight and it was just i it was so much fun i can't tell you how much fun it was um and it, it we talked about this a little bit during the conversation and during the live stream but you know most of us have never met each other or like seeing each other we interact through twitter so we see each other's avatars or we like each other's posts or like logos or whatever but but we'd never really gotten to spend face-to-face even virtual face-to-face time with each other so it was just so cool getting to actually meet everyone and chat with everyone and uh it's you you could not ask for a more fun uh, uh, more wonderful group of people. And I've said this before, but just this community I found through podcasting is fantastic. So I thought it'd be cool. Um, um Ido sh- shared the video and the files with all of us. So I thought it'd be cool to, to drop the audio in as a special episode, just so you can hear from all the different folks, um, uh, th- that we talked with and that were on this, this live stream. And maybe you'll find your next favorite podcast listening to this one but you can add some of these others too as well so i'm going to go through the list real quick of everyone that was involved i'm going to do a couple more things this is a long episode so i don't really feel too bad about Uh, talking for a little bit longer at the beginning of this one. But um, the different podcasts that were represented on this live stream were the Root of the Science podcast with Anne or Anne with an E, uh, the Earth Ideas podcast, Curiosity Cake, Papa PhD, the Mad Scientist podcast, Breaking Math, um, the nagging naturalist, that's what I call science, my show, uh, M academia, the wildlife and what to do with that, or what are you going to do with that? So it, quite the lineup, um, really, again, really cool folks. So, um, I'll have links to everyone's, um, uh, Twitter accounts and, um, uh, if I can find everyone's show links, I'll put that in the show notes as well. So please go follow all of these people, um, listen to all these shows, they're really wonderful. And you are going to learn so much by following along and listening to these folks. And I know that you'll enjoy them as much as I do, because I really do. Uh, A couple other things. If you don't mind um, heading over to podchaser.com, or uh, if you are an Apple user, Head over to Apple Podcasts and drop a rating and review for Plantropology, five stars if you don't mind, uh, but I do want to hear from you and I want to know what you think because uh, 2021 is going to be a big year. I've got a lot of stuff coming up, uh, but I want to make sure I'm doing what you like to listen to and uh, that that I'm getting out the kind of content that you enjoy. So We've got lots of cool interviews lined up. Um, I'm doing a new monthly series about plants and world traditions where we'll take a different part of the world every month and uh, have an episode about how plants factored into life and still factor in the life in that part of the world. Um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of bonus content and other fun stuff that comes up along the way, hoping to do some live streams and some other stuff. But I would love to hear from you, so hit me up on Podchaser or on Apple Podcasts and please drop me a rating and review. Um also, if you haven't followed anthropology on social media, we are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook as Anthropology or some form of that. Type it in, look for the tree, you'll find it. Um and uh, if you're not in the Plantropology's Cool Plant People Facebook group, you should go join that. It's really cool, a lot of fun. I'm also on TikTok as at the Plant Prof. The Plant Prof. Okay, that's also my other show, The Plant Prof. So go listen to that one as well. I'm there's a lot that I want you to listen to. But uh, y'all, it has been a fantastic. Uh, no, it hasn't. It has not been a fantastic 2020. But what has made it good has, for me, a big part of it has been this show and, um, getting to meet so many cool folks and, um, to hear from listeners and talk about the show and talk about plants and science and all kinds of stuff. Um, y'all have been a, uh, uh aside from my family, you've been one of the very brightest spots in this Um, raging dumpster fire of a year. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, Connect on social media, drop a rating and review um, and uh, get ready for what will hopefully be a wonderfully wonderful 2021 and get ready for a fun episode where you'll hear from Uh, 12 different cool podcasts about what we've learned this year, talk about our favorite episodes, and all kinds of other great stuff. So without any more delay, here is a fun bonus episode of the Planthropology Podcast, Science, Academia, and Podcasting.
1: Just so you know, we are live now. We are okay. streaming. We ah. um, can continue because I don't think anyone is going to be too <laughs> formalistic about this event. We are <laughs> just about having fun. Um, but you All should know that from is now on, everything you say is eternal on YouTube.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's between Christmas and New Year in 2020. We are to be forgiven for anything.
3: <laughs> sure. So this is the time we get forgiven? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> I
5: need to be forgiven after New Year's.
6: All right. I mean, <laughs> oh, so. yeah, it looks like it's working, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: So I think we're good to start. Mind um, you, want answer answer just to, uh, over a bit? Yeah, let me do
4: that.
7: Okay. Yeah, I'll to tilt it.
1: Okay, perfect. Um. Sophia and Gabriel, while you change your name, can you also include the uh, your podcast name within the name? Oh, yeah, so we were breaking
4: math. Yeah, Greggy math.
1: No, just include it in the name.
4: Oh, very good. How do we do that? Sorry. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I changed the rename, and oh, let's see now. Okay. Rename breaking oh, math podcast. Yes.
1: Cool. Um, okay, so let's do it. Properly. Um, hi, everybody. Welcome to our special, um, special, special, special event for the end of 2020. We've gathered here with great podcasting crew, uh, 12 podcasting and even more podcasters than podcasting. Uh, for for podcasts, and we're here to celebrate the end of 2020 from academia, from science, and from podcasting point of view. Our goal here is to have fun. Our purpose is to talk about podcasting, to talk about academic podcasting, and to talk about a little bit about science, a little about academia, and basically just have fun because, well, this is what we do on Twitter a lot. And it's about (laughs) time that the outside world will see what these um, semi-sane podcasters are doing um, almost on a daily basis when they are talking among themselves about podcasting and about academia and about how to do everything we can uh, to promote an interesting content content for you guys. So, Amido, It wasn't like, I'm the producer of the podcast. What are you going to do with that? And that's probably going to be the last time I'm going to mention my own podcast because I'm the producer and we actually have our host as part of the, the team here, the ensemble here. And she's going, Danny is more capable than I am to talk about what she does on our podcast. And this is what actually what we're all going to do here. We're going to talk about what we are doing and what our podcasters, what our podcasts are all about. So let me just saying that within tradition, I want to raise a glass to the end of the horrible, um, insane, weird and pointless 2020. Mm-hmm. And let's just I'll move it to so everyone will see everyone. Yeah, we got our glasses here, so drink them if you got them. Cheers,
5: Chaim, whatever you like.
8: Cheers, <laughs> cheers, Adder, cheers, everyone.
5: I Had to make myself a last-minute Irish coffee when you mentioned having drinks because that's all I have is coffee.
4: Drinking map is always say a, dissected.
5: So here's
1: how it's going to go. Obviously, most of you don't know who we are. Um, We have here um, a nice audience, and we we need to introduce ourselves to you guys. So we're going to start introducing one by one. And let's start with Anne from Words of Science podcast.
9: Thank you very much. Hi, everyone. My name is Anne, or otherwise known Anne with an E, or full name Anne Chisa. I am from Malawi, but I'm currently based in South Africa where I am doing my PhD in crop science, particularly looking at um, developing local circular economies to use uh, human excreta to develop waste-based fertilizers to grow trees. Apart from that, I am a comma as most of us here. Um, I actually started last year, 2019, around this time. I had no idea what science communication was. <laughs> but then I got into the world um, using, with the help of academic Twitter, and I haven't looked back. I started this pod- my podcast in March 2020, during the lockdown. Um, the main reason was that I had a dream of being a a radio DJ like once upon a time (laughs) I wanted to be a radio DJ that didn't work because I got into science but then somehow um, the podcasting thing I found out about it it's not so big here in South Africa yet but it's growing and um, this is how I'm living my dream um, talking to Africans in STEM Um, across the world, having really nice chats about what they do and also just getting to know the human element of it. And um, it's literally one of the best things that has happened to me this year. And I'm so excited to be part of this community and to just get to know the, the faces behind all of these amazing podcasts, the people who inspire me. So yeah, that's it about me. Thank you.
1: Perfect. Now let's go uh, continue with Laura from Ideas, Earth Ideas.
2: Hi, hi. I'm Laura from Earth Ideas. I think um, possibly a bit unique in this group in that I'm not actually a scientist. I am a documentary filmmaker um, and I worked in environmental research and environmental films mostly, but a product of lockdown for me was also um, just being like so frustrated not being able to film anything. So, um, yeah, I decided that I would just, the people that I would usually interview and get to talk to, um, i just film conversations with them and put them out anyway (laughs) from my bedroom. (laughs) So that's how that started. And yeah, equally same as Anne, like probably one of the best things that came out of this year, like, you know, when a door closes, a window opens and all that kind of stuff, like... Yeah, I'm I'm loving doing this. I'm I'm loving how much there is to learn, how much there is going on in academia, how much is being found out and um and, and excited to sort of talk about it and share it with people in a whole new way, in a way that's completely new to me. So um and getting to meet this group is possibly one of the best things about it as well, because everyone's just so into it <laughs> and excited and um and knowledgeable. So yeah, excited to be part of
10: this. Meredith. Hey, everyone. How are you going? Um, I'm Meredith. I'm actually one of um, 10 women that run this podcast called That's What I Call Science. Um, so it's uh, we're based in Tasmania, Australia. Um, and, yeah, we are all uh, working, researching and um studying I guess for a lot of us in any of the STEM fields so we wanted to make a podcast that um, captured all of the arms of STEM all of the branches of STEM um, so we we've got a, a collective of our own I guess and this is sort of a it's a great group to be part of the international type of collective of podcasters but um, I am I, I cover mostly the technology and space science um, arms of STEM and um, we interview. Uh, any expert guests that come along um, in terms of uh, our own areas of expertise. So um, we are a women in STEM. We do push the women in STEM um, type of. Uh, we're, we're trying to we're trying to push the agenda as much as possible without actually being um, too exclusive as well. Um, that's that's important to us as well. We didn't actually start this year. Um, we've been going for uh, over a year now, and we actually have a radio show. We're a weekly podcast and radio show together. Um, and so we just went national as of April this year. And um, that's how I sort of found everyone here, which is really good. So, um, yeah, that's us. Perfect. Before
1: we continue with David, I want to all of you say a big hi to Professor Ona. Hi,
11: hey. Ona. Professor How are you doing?
1: Hey. <laughs> and we continue with David.
11: Hi everyone. Uh, so my name is David Mendes. I am the, the producer and host of the Papa PhD podcast, where I uh, try to not solve a question, but kind of bring light uh, on a question that uh, was difficult for me when I finished my PhD. I had I have a PhD in cell biology. I studied regeneration of uh, olfactory neurons, and uh, after that, I did different things. Uh, and finding what to do was Kind of not very straightforward, let's say. I did some uh, long, some distance tutoring. I'm here. In, I'm in Montreal. I did some distance tutoring. Then I found a job uh, as a medical writer, which I did for five years. Um, and then, because I've always loved languages, an opportunity arose to do translation, and I'm I've been doing translation in the biomedical domain now for a while, and and less of medical writing, but uh, taking part in career panels now and then here at, at McGill University, I saw that the, the questions and the doubts and the difficulties I had were still there. The students who are now going through PhDs are still hitting this wall of, oh, it's only a fifth of us or even less that they're going to be, uh, you know, tenured professors. What am I going to do with this PhD? Be it in history, be it in cell biology, whatever. And so uh, I looked at my network and I saw that I had a lot of people with PhDs who had really cool and different careers. And that's how the, the idea uh, for Papa PhD appeared. And that's that's the podcast is uh, interviewing either people who have these journeys and sh- and sharing them to inspire e- either young researchers or people in their PhDs. And also specialists who are going to talk about different things, be it mindfulness, be it uh, uh, interviewing, you know, job interview technique, et cetera, et cetera. So this is the mission. This is why I started Papa PhD. And it's been a great ride. And having this group of uh, of podcasters that you see here today as, as a group of like pod friends has been really, really cool. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. This year was difficult in many ways. Uh, but uh, just have, having this group has been uh, clearly kind of a, a shining star in the middle of all this darkness, so super grateful to be here today.
1: Perfect. I have no idea what the green light was, but that was amazing. Uh, Chris.
12: Yeah, so I'm uh, Chris Cogswell from the Mad Scientist podcast. My show has been going on since 2016, since May. Um, got started actually by doing science research for another show called Astonishing Legends. Um, I was kind of their science guy for uh, a little bit and then decided to do my own show and was able to start it with their help and the help of a lot of other great podcasters. So I really like now as a, as a podcaster to try to help other people get their show started and support where I can. Um, our show deals with the history and philosophy of science and pseudoscience. So my professional background is in chemical engineering and actually now in engineering consulting. But before this, when I was an undergraduate, I did a dual degree in chemical engineering and philosophy. And towards the end of my time, my philosophy research and interest really stuck with why, what are the reasons people believe non-scientific things, or why is it that people distrust science and experts and scientists? And never thought my podcast or interest would be any more relevant than like talking about the X-Files with people until this year. And now it's super relevant. So I guess go me, maybe I should really try to stay away from learning about meteors or something. Cause then that'll happen to us in a couple of, a couple of years. Um, my show is co-hosted actually. So I'm, I'm one of the hosts. My other co-host is Marie Mayhew. Um, good friend of mine who we also met doing astonishing legends research. And um And yeah, show comes out weekly. We're on a little bit of a break right now until after the new year, but we've got some great interviews and episodes coming out. So check it out. Perfect.
1: Now we have Sophia and Gabriel.
4: Hello, I'm Sophia. And I'm Gabriel. And you're listening to a Breaking Math intro. Um, We're um, from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And um, uh, I have a... uh, the a bachelor's degree in computer science
6: i have a master's in electrical engineering also a bachelor's in uh, teaching with an emphasis on science
4: yeah and uh uh breaking math has been around since uh early 2017. um we planned it late 2016. Um, I was his tutor, and then we sure. just decided one day. It was like, hey, let's do a podcast.
6: Yeah, yeah. With the tutoring, there are so many concepts in mathematics and physics that were so utterly mind-blowing that I literally thought, you know, it's a shame that more people can't be part of this conversation. And that essentially evolved into a podcast. And our original theme was to go through, or my original idea was to go through a book called uh, A Quantum Story, A History in 40 Moments by Jim Baggett. Uh, and then
4: and it like, evolved more into like a math podcast. Yes. Uh, we talk about mathematics, uh, a lot of physical concepts, uh, things related to them. Our whole goal is to bring uh, high um, concepts in mathematics uh, to an audience uh, that necessarily doesn't have that much math education. Yes, um, it's a big goal of ours. We try to we try to tackle big subjects when we can.
6: Real quick. And if you don't mind, for those who are interested into marketing tactics, I think we did something that really served us by classifying ourselves as mathematics. Even though we're mathematics, of course, we talk about physics and computer science and other stuff, but we kind of cornered the market on math podcasts pretty well. There's probably a billion zillion general science or even physics podcasts, but there's much fewer math podcasts. And for that reason, due to our consistency, we've managed to be the number one all-time math podcast in the USA and Great Britain. Um, just because of our consistency, I think you know. But uh,
4: but we enjoy doing it.
6: Yes, we love doing it. It's it, it, it's fun. It's so. good to be
4: here all with y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah.
1: Thank you, uh, Sophia and Gabe and Danny.
13: Hi all! I'm so happy to be here today with you and to see everyone in person. To see uh, the people behind the logos, as we said before. Uh, so I'm Danny and I'm the host of the podcast. What are you going to do with that? Uh, but it wasn't actually my idea. And our producer, he's hosting this uh, event right now. That's Ido Rosenzweig. Uh, he came up with the idea, and at some point he gave that idea to a group of students. And he's like, ah, you know, I'm going to need someone who's going to do the hosting and the talking to the guests. And I volunteered, and that's how I got into this bit of a mess. (laughs) It's uh, taken up a lot of my time, but I really love doing it, just like everyone has already said. Uh, What are we doing on the podcast? What are you going to do with that? In every episode, I chat with an early career researcher or an ECR about their academic journey, because we think that listening to the story of other people and how they've gone through their BA, MA, PhD, postdoc, or trying to get that center track position Uh, can really help others who are going through the same things to understand that it's not so weird that they're going through certain struggles and how to create those successes for themselves as well. So that's what we're trying to do with very personal stories. Uh, We started in March 2020 with our launching our first episode and the first three were done from the studio which for which we had really nice microphones and a really good cool system to do all of these recordings and then the corona hit, and there was a lockdown, so we couldn't go to the studio anymore. But in a way that only broadened um, the way we wanted to eventually to do the podcast, because it allowed us to now go onto Zoom or online, do the recordings there, and really talk to people from all over the world. So not only with you guys today, um, where we have people here in Australia, in the US, we're based in the Middle East. Uh, we also have Europeans, of course, and those are also the guests that we had in our podcast. So it's been a really cool year, even though I wasn't able to travel, I did feel like I've been a lot of places. So I'm happy to hear what the rest has to say and where this conversation is going to go.
1: Perfect. Thanks, Danny. And now we have Vikram.
0: How's it going, everyone? Uh, I am Vikram Baliga. I host the Planthropology podcast. I'm in Lubbock, Texas, which probably exactly two of you have ever heard of, because um, it's in the middle of nowhere in Texas. Uh, I am. I just finished my PhD in horticulture, uh, just graduated in, what, two weeks ago, actually. And I started this podcast in, um, what, October of 2019, because I was writing and I didn't want to. And I was like, you know what I should do? I should start another project. And uh, a podcast sounded fun. I'd had a conversation with a good friend who's a Fellow plant nerd, uh, about I don't even something nerdy, and I was like, oh, people would love to listen to this, and they don't, but you know, Um, and I was like, I'll start a podcast, and it just kind of stuck in my head, and so when I was uh, running data one day, I was like, you know, it would be more fun than this, and so uh, I'm about a year and a half in. um, I interview different scientists in the natural sciences, everyone from plant scientists, to agriculturists, to climate, climatologists, and other folks in the field, uh, just more about themselves than about the subject matter. I want to know 15, 20 years down the road after they've gone through school, why do they still care? Uh, why are they still interested? Because that's, in my opinion, part of the story we don't tell our students is you know, we give you all the information, we give you all the, the data you need to graduate and all that, but we don't necessarily fill you in on now what? You know, where do, where do you go from here? What's the rest of your life going to look like? Uh, and I know for me, getting out of school, that was a very challenging time in my life, trying to figure out what to do with my degree. So talk about plants. I tell dad jokes. It's fun. It's laid back. And uh, uh, yeah, that's about it.
1: Perfect. Uh, now we have Lee from Curiosity Cake. Do we have Lee from Curiosity
8: Cake?
13: Yes, but Lee
8: is on mute. Yes, sorry I was muted, sorry. Oh, it's like it's like work. <laughs> um yeah, hi, I'm Lee from Curiosity Cake. Um Curiosity Cake is really a podcast that covers science, but actually covers or the intention is that it covers a wide range of topics. Um it's an interview format so I talk to experts. Um so far i've done a lot of science topics and and that's how you know i've gotten into this group and and have come across uh all you really amazing guys um and people who aren't guys um i think like laura i'm also a bit of a fraud well laura's not a fraud i'm a bit of a fraud i'm not really a scientist <laughs> sorry laura <laughs> this is going well should i start over um so yeah, so I, I'm not a scientist. I I work in data, so like I crunch numbers. Um, actually, actually work in governments. So that's kind of why a lot of time I try to avoid kind of politics and stuff, just to get a bit of a break from it. Um, but yeah, but I I just um, like all all the work that that you all do um i just find really fascinating so being able to talk to to people like yourselves and 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 obviously other kind of academics and and experts and kind of business people and coaches and people like that just people i find really inspiring um you know like like some of you have all said it it just kind of it's just such an exciting thing and it's a bit of um you know, an alternative universe, I maybe am a scientist somewhere. So I guess I'm living vicariously through the work that you all do and just getting to talk to you and, and hopefully bringing it to to a wider audience of people. Um, so I guess for me, the thing that I'm really interested in the accessibility of the work. Um, so like a Scicom sort of thing, but um, kind of trying to really bring it to kind of ordinary people. So I always think of like my audience as being, my mom and dad even though i don't think they actually listen to it i think my mom and dad if if it's something that my mom and dad can follow and it it comes across in a way where like they can see the kind of value of what's being done um then that's that's what i'm aiming for
3: perfect let's continue with ophel hi i'm uh, Ofer izaba i'm uh one of the co-hosts of um, Macademia podcast together with Elena Itskovich, which could not join us today. Actually, I grew up right next where uh, Ido and Danny are currently located in, in Haifa, Israel, which is uh, one of the nicest places in Israel to be. And um, Macademia is basically, and we founded it as a, an opportunity to bring people role models. I am a stone believer in you cannot be what you cannot see. And um, basically, when I ended up my PhD at Tel Aviv University, I was I, I, I had a lot of fun, but I had no idea what what's going on. But I was not ashamed to ask questions to people outside of academia. Do I want to be a PI or or not? What else is out there if I don't want to be a PI? And I realized that nobody in at least in the Israel university system, apparently also in the U.S., nobody really talks about it, and no, nobody really prepares you to do it, or even Gives you the tools to ask questions about it, and this is what an academia is all about. And together with Lena, with Lena, we just interview uh, industry leaders, people who transition from academia to uh, to all kinds of other professions. We had a baker, Thomas, who had a, a biology degree and 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 founded one of the leading baking schools in France, and other people who do more scientifically amazing work so we talked them about, about them with them about like their friction points their decision making process in why to choose this career path what i did what i took from my phd what is transferable and what i needed to reach for that and it's so much fun to be part of a team i'm a strong believer of teamwork and it's amazing to be with 11 other people 12 with you know, all over the world and it it feels really in this alone and close time, it feels like, I don't know, it fills me up. So thank you all.
1: Perfect. Thank you. Uh, And now Devon. Hey
14: everybody. Uh, I'm Devon Boker. Um, Using a brand new setup, by the way, I got the the PodTrack P4 for Christmas and I'm like super ecstatic about the whole thing. Anyway, uh, more than anything, I'm just a geek, I guess you could say. Um, I, I wouldn't call myself a scientist. I have a bachelor's in wildlife biology. I have worked in wolf conservation, um, but most of my stuff has been focused in like naturalist work. I'm um, doing like interpretive programs, not dance uh, like programs, and uh, uh, you know, talking about animals and plants and all that kind of stuff. Um, currently, I'm a high school science teacher uh, physics, biology, and geometry, which is not science, but, you know, based on, uh, breaking math, you know, you could incorporate a little bit. Um, let's see, we started in 2017 and honestly by accident. And it was initially, I was trying to do a video talking to Dr. Tim Caro at UC Davis about zebra stripes and the video didn't work, but the audio did. And I was like, okay, well, I need to do something with this. So I put it together. It ended up being a podcast and then um, decided, you know what? This is actually kind of fun. Let's go with it. I was a fan of podcasts and, you know, um, and and we've grown tremendously this year, um, put out a lot of stuff, um, have about 26 interviews on on Backstock right now that we're working through producing uh, several spinoff series, um, like three <laughs> spinoff series uh, and we found it as a nonprofit. So we're a 501 C three, um, nonprofit. Uh, basically our, our whole mission is to, and and this is honestly the mission of the podcast as well, which is why we largely just talk about anything, um, is, is to, to interrupt barriers of exclusion, primarily, uh, those around race, gender, sexuality, in not just STEM or steam, um, but the outdoors in general, um, and, and getting to, be a part of it and, and, and understand it, nature, plants, how it's all connected, how we fit. And so we interview, you know, expert guests. Sometimes we interview our own listeners um, just to talk about those things. Um, so sometimes episodes will be more like of an audio documentary. And sometimes episodes will be more like just a conversation between two people about things that we love.
1: Great. Thanks. And now the last, but not least, definitely not least, we have Kristen.
5: Hi, guys. I am the host of the Nagging Naturalist podcast, like a couple of us here. I actually just started this year. Um, Still figuring out things, too. (laughs) I have actually just recently kind of upgraded my setup a little bit. Uh, Still got a few parts to get for it because... Yeah, I mean, I didn't have the issue of, you know, I had a studio before and then I had to go in at home with the pandemic. I've always been at home. And if anybody's ever lived in a city, it's not a quiet place. So blocking out ambient noise has been a uh, really big challenge for me. But it's been a really fun year. I've learned a lot. Um, I came in not like I thought I had a really good idea of what I wanted to do. And now I've spent the last month deciding how I'm going to reformat everything. (laughs) But um, uh, like a couple have mentioned, I'm actually not a scientist. And in fact, I dropped out of college twice. I'm currently attending college for the third time. <laughs> Hopefully I'll finish something at this point. Uh, I actually started out with a journalism degree. I wanted to um, to write and inform people. And then I looked at journalists and decided that I didn't want to be a journalist anymore. <laughs> um when i went back to school i actually wanted to do mycology i wanted to do fungus and slime molds and things like that because uh they're actually interesting uh and then i dropped out again (laughs) and uh, i spent some time uh out in california and i did my first time volunteering with an aquarium while i was out there i was with the monterey bay aquarium for nearly a year And while I was there, I was doing teaching. I was teaching people about wildlife and conservation. And while I was there, it kind of, it just struck me. It's like, this is what I want to do. I want to talk to people about animals all day. (laughs) And so uh, I'm I'm back in school studying wildlife uh, biology and conservation and, you know, the I was working in another aquarium, in the National Aquarium in Baltimore, and when I quit my job to focus on school, I realized I really miss talking to people about animals because you don't really do that as much in school. You're being talked at, not talking with people. <laughs> so I started the podcast as a bit of an outlet for me, and um, I, 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 people can kind of see it. It's a bit of a mess. <laughs> it's kind of all over the place, um, but I, I learned a lot. I really love doing interviews. That's probably my favorite thing. And I'm, I'm hoping to do more of that next year. And I'm definitely hoping that uh, I can get my format ironed out so that people who come in and, and check out the podcast aren't like, what the heck is going on? Uh, and also, it's great to meet all y'all because, you know, as we've all said, we've all been looking at each other through icons. Although with uh, Vikram and Devin, I've been, I watch you guys on uh, TikTok. So <laughs> those are the only two faces I knew prior to coming in here. <laughs>
1: Right, I think that's a good way to start. Uh, so now that we know each other and you all know who is behind which logo, if you follow us either on Twitter or on other places on social media, um, let's do some uh, let's digging. Let's do some digging and talk about podcasting. And I think an interesting place to start would be that special year that we've been having, because as you. A lot of us have started the podcasting in last year, but not all of us. And I, I want to start with one of the, uh, the let's call him senior ones um, of podcasting. And I think, uh, Chris, you, you're, you're the senior one here. And I want to know from, from your perspective, throughout the years, throughout the development of podcasting, have you seen a development of more and more podcasting coming to play and especially how that wonderful enlightening 2020 has affected podcasting from your perspective. And then we'll open the discussion further for us. Uh,
12: yeah, so I definitely think, you know, the, the one thing that is really important with getting a podcast going and, and actually getting one and being successful, it's exactly what... Um, Sophia and and Gabriel said, right, it's being consistent, like releasing episodes regularly and keeping on doing it is so important because, you know, we've, I mean, I know I at least have probably met hundreds of different science podcasts over the years that start and then last for like two months, three months, and then they stop and they, and they never continue. And, you know, it's sort of an interesting thing that during COVID especially with this year, a lot of people I know have suddenly gotten interested in starting a podcast. Which I think is great and it's a lot of fun and it's a great um it's a great hobby to do. But what's been interesting I think is if you're in like the major podcasting Facebook groups like how to start a podcast or whatever, Those sorts of things, or even just getting questions from listeners, you know, um, the first kind of two questions I guess people ask is, well, how much money do you make? Which the answer to that is zero dollars. And then the other question, or it's like minimal amount of money considering all the um, the time and energy you spend, right? I mean, um, and then the next question is really, you know, well, how do you, how you get listeners? And kind of the answer to that second one is just you keep doing it and eventually through force of will, the universe will start listening. Like you just keep shouting and then eventually, I don't know, the world is like, okay, fine. I guess, I guess this show has been around for 10 years. Like, you know, it's really kind of fake until you make it in some way, which is really funny. And, uh, and yeah, so, I mean, I guess from my perspective, the big thing is if you're watching this and wanting to start a podcast you know, have, be interested enough in the subject that you will keep doing it, but also be flexible enough that you're not just doing something super specific You know, you might really love Moby Dick, but probably doing a Moby Dick podcast is a bad idea um, Yeah And I didn't like Moby Dick
1: I have to say I haven't read Moby Dick uh, yet. I actually have it on on
12: my desk here. It's like, okay, so actually, let me rephrase. The parts of Moby Dick where he's not just writing a textbook about whales is good. (laughs) But then suddenly it's like, hey, you you ever wondered about crustaceans? Me too. Let's talk about crustaceans for seven chapters. And it's like, what? Ahab's leg got, like, what's happening? What is happening in this book? confusing
1: <laughs> okay uh i want to hear on the other hand from some of the uh, uh more recent fresh podcasters um who, oh sophia and uh gabe are raising their hands yes. so let's hear from you guys
4: we just wanted to also make uh, the point that uh this year in uh, this year 2020 has uh, for us been an extremely challenging experience uh because uh but the the uh, the virus uh, i was uh, I was living in a really terrible apartment and all this stuff. So I think honestly, it's good to acknowledge that during a year where we had a um, pandemic for the first time in a century that it's all right to like maybe not be have your best output. and we almost had the worst output that we uh, could have all the years that we did it. Uh, except for at the end of the year, we have uh, managed to rally together um, and uh, get that done.
6: Yeah, yeah. So to, you know, in short, to re- re- reiterate, uh, yeah, we, we kind of threw everything out the window. I'd say, would you say from March until probably September, yeah. we put out what, like three episodes or something like yeah, that? Yeah. yeah, maybe three episodes. And that's okay, guys. Sometimes failures happen. But guess what? We're back. And in <laughs> December we put out 3 episodes in december by itself so just wanted to say failure is part of it and you know like not not being uh, consistent that's part of it as well but we're back and we still passed a million listens this year so um it, you know that's that it's a real part of the journey uh, you know is uh, failure in seasons where you're not productive but but we're back and we're still at it and we're very happy
4: but yeah, okay. like Chris Cogswell said, uh, it is important, obviously, to... to uh, we have seen the most growth in our podcast when we do consistency. And, yeah. It, 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 not, I've noticed that after, like, a couple of months of doing consistent podcasts is when you really start seeing numbers go up. Correct. Yep. Yep.
6: Yeah, but burnout is... The
4: difficulties
12: there. Burnout is so inevitable, though. You yeah. know, the first two seasons of our show, we did it... Well, for the first season of my show, I was a single host, and that was rough. And then I got a co-host. And even that was like, okay, you do a whole year of episodes every week. You need a break, right? That we take a kind of consistent break during this time period. But I found, especially in this year too, like, yeah, things suck right now. And just telling listeners like, Hey, we're really sad. So we're going to do a coronavirus sadness episode. Our listeners have really responded well to that. Even just hearing you, even if it's only for like 10 minutes saying like, sorry, things suck. I'm in a cocoon of sadness.
1: So is a quite interesting metaphor. Um, let's continue with uh, Kristen.
5: Yeah. So um, I definitely asked myself like in the beginning, like how, how do you grow a podcast? Like water it, put it out in some nice sunlight. Like what are we doing here? Um, I have found and this is just my personal experience. Obviously, everybody's different because it depends. Obviously, it'll depend on your target audience, where you're you're producing it from, blah, blah, blah. But once I started doing the interviews and I started bringing on more people and I started cultivating a bit more of a community, uh, I definitely saw a lot of growth in my podcast. You know, my listenership doubled. Uh, and it's still even now after taking a month long break from my podcast, like I still maintain like Roughly the same listenership, which really surprised me. Uh, but even just things, I, I I need to tap into this resource as well. But you know, a lot of other podcasts also have built another uh, built a community, and I know that. Um, why am I blanking on the Petri dish. Thank you. <laughs> uh, they are really good about advertising other podcasts and stuff like that, and that's something that I'm trying to figure out how I want to do is how to help, um, not just boost myself, but also help boost other podcasts that are trying to do psychom and things like that, especially since as many of us have mentioned, like we're all here to help help others with our podcasts. Like most of us aren't doing a podcast simply for the sake of a podcast. There's a lot of us that have a mission essentially for our podcast. And, you know, I, I definitely feel like in order to have, if you have a mission, you need to grow because obviously you're trying to reach certain people or you reach a broad amount of people. And so it's really important to make sure that you're trying your best to grow and, and put that message out there. And, you know, I definitely appreciate those that have tried to help me, I definitely want to return the favor. So I do, I do think it's really healthy if you're a podcaster to make sure that you're building a community and not just with like, I do wildlife, but obviously not everybody here is wildlife. So even just building a general community with other really good podcasters, um, is a really great way to help yourself grow. Not just because people are advertising you, but even just learning from some of y'all helps too.
11: Perfect, David. So, uh, you asked, uh, you know, you kind of asked what had we seen through in, during this strange year. And, uh, I, myself, I, I think it's a year where people are rearranging or reorganizing their routines, their habits, and this can go two ways. They can, you know, as a podcaster, they can say, Hey, I like this. I like this podcast. It's always there every week or, you know, it's, it's consistent. Like everyone, like people have said, I will include this into my routine. Or if, you know, it's um, irregular, et cetera, they can say, well, you know, it's not going into my routine this year. And uh, I felt that at the beginning, when when the, the pandemic hit and there were the first lockdowns, I felt a, a slump in the numbers and then sl- a slow rise and, and I had really good numbers by the end of the summer. But then on my side, I have two boys, six and 10, and I had to... Step up my game into in taking care of them because my partner needed more time to work. And then I took at the end of the summer, a month and a half, two months where I didn't publish episodes. There was some, there was actually a special with uh, with Danny uh, <laughs> that was in the middle there. But I did I did see that the, the the numbers didn't fall in the first month, and then eventually they did. And I had been told, like uh, I had heard in a, somewhere. Uh, <clears throat> this, uh, I don't know if you know Todd Cochran, he's an old podcaster, he's, he's in a podcasting host company, but he said, the first two years, try not to take breaks. And uh, because people get you, you know, it's the time that that it takes for you to be part of the person's routine. And I think it was, you know, if you take this here, kind of, is a, of a test tube of, of people's behavior. I really felt it These like kind of this kind of roller coaster of okay there's a shock in society and then people like stopped listening for a while or listened a little bit less then things the new normal got you know got uh, um installed and then people started picking up their habits again and then when I changed I again saw uh, the difference in in the numbers of of downloads so <clears throat> as a new podcaster I think it has been said already uh, here that consistency is really important, even if it's to talk about your cocoon of sadness, which I loved. (laughs) Uh, And uh, it's, I I think it's something that if you can, uh, you know, keep that contact with the person who's been listening and, and kind of as a uh, showing, showing uh, some gratitude for their, their faith, their faithfulness to your show, to put that effort to still at least do something, say hi you know, give an update on how you're doing. I think it's a, it's a great, uh, a a great uh, piece of advice. Um, But yeah, so now I think, uh, you know, I've in season two, I've stepped, I've changed things. And uh, actually, Kristen was talking about changing things. Changing things is fine. As long as it's not every week, but you know, every season, every six months, even changing, people say even changing logos, it could be a good thing. So, Yeah. Uh, I think we need to be conscious of this this thing of community, yes, but also thinking of of the the individual listener and that they're 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 integrating you or your podcast into their day to day, and it takes uh, it, you need to be. It's kind of comforting to someone to have something that's that they can depend on, and and that's where consistency comes in. I think. You are muted, Ido.
1: So it's my turn to hit that bingo part. Um, Yeah, so I think the cocoon of sadness is going to stay with us for quite a long time, Chris. Thank
13: you for that. Um, Danny. Yes, thanks. Um, As one of the newer podcasts, having started only in this year, 2020, uh, I think it's going to be very hard for us to guess or to expect anything from the next year, right? It's like uh, David said, um, he, he sees it going down and then back up due to this growing and people going into lockdown, and having maybe more time or less time, depending on how they're going to put podcasts into their routine. And now, hopefully soon, when everyone is going to get the vaccines and things are opening up again, people are going to turn back to their normal lives, but maybe not to their former routines. So we're going to have to try and think a little bit about how we want to hold on that audience that we had in lockdown uh, and go with them uh, maybe on their commute to work and to the office again. Um, Talking about consistency and this burnout that Chris Chris already talked about, I just wanted to mention, uh, because I'm not sure about all of you podcasts, uh, how you do it exactly, but in our first season, we had an episode every week coming out and that was a lot to handle. So then we decided after a short break going into the second season to do a bi-weekly episode, right? So every two weeks. Um, and that went pretty well. And it was still a lot of fun. And uh, I'm not sure about the numbers either. Like I said, he's the producer. He knows about the numbers and these things. Um, but we also started doing a YouTube channel in addition to the podcast. So there we also posted videos that related to topics we have talked about with our guests on the podcast. And that has taken more time because shooting videos for me is more work than doing the podcast and only the audio recording. Uh, But it's also been a lot of fun because then I actually get to do something with what I did in those podcast episodes. And maybe in another way, reach people who are more interested also in the visual part and not only in listening and the podcast. Uh,
1: I believe now we have Devon.
14: Yeah. Um, so, 2020, I think uh, you know, no one even needs to even hear anything. I mean, 2020 has just been crazy and weird. And I, I'll be honest. In, in terms of podcasting, I'm taking the entire year with a grain of salt and just considering it a, a blip of parallel universe type action that um, might not play into 2021 or 2022 or any farther than that uh, because people's routines and things have changed so much this year with listening and, and what they're doing with their free time and commutes and being around the house, all that stuff is different this year compared to any other year. So any, we've seen a lot of growth and things like that this year, but I'm kind of like looking at it as a that's 2020 and that doesn't count. Um, just cause it, it, I guess it helps with my expectations. Um, but, you know, I, I say big thing that we learned this year more than anything, and this sounds really contra to what a lot of people say about podcasting. Um, of course, consistency and things like that is really important. We are not the most, and I say we because my brother co-hosts a show with me, we are probably not the most consistent show. Um, sometimes we have hour long episodes weekly, and then we have like five minute episodes and then 20 minute episodes and then a two hour episode and then a four parter out of nowhere. Um, and then we take a break for a month. Um, more than anything, what I've learned in terms of our growth and our listenership and the building of our community is when we stopped thinking about those things in terms of wanting more and, and wanting to get more listeners or, or uh, more followers or uh, uh, you know any of that stuff, stopped thinking about meeting deadlines, um, all those pieces that can be really stressful. They're just additional things to worry about. And focused on why we were doing it in the first place. Of course, there's a mission, but it's also because we just genuinely love it. Uh, it's it's good time for my brother and I. It's, it's uh, educational. We like doing the interviews. And when we started to focus on the parts of it that just made us happy and that we enjoyed in the first place and let ourselves be freer with it, we've actually seen way more growth and way more communities stemming from just that uh, than, than constantly trying to focus on all the the minutia that just adds to a mountain of stress on your shoulders. Um, so it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the, uh, you know, just gratitude for what you got and, and appreciating, um, you know, the listens that you do get instead of focusing on the, Oh, well, only, I only had a hundred on this episode. What's up with that? Um, enjoying enjoying it for what it is and enjoying what you're doing in the first place.
1: Right. Uh, that's a good spirit to to have during these weird, weird times. Um, how about N with an E?
9: Yeah, um, thank you. So I also just wanted to talk about podcasting this year, but also in a little bit of a different spin because I think I'm the only um, African here.
7: So just to give some context, podcasting you I think only know, became big good this year um, in South Africa, South Africa. Most people were really um, hyping about YouTube and making YouTube channels. So when I first started this, everybody was like, "What the heck is it, what, what the heck is a podcast?" You know, like how do we listen? And then I also had some challenges that. When I was trying to get into these groups and figuring out how I'm going to do this again, I didn't know how to. I kind of just dove right in with no expectations, which was really great. Um, but then I found out that some of the the platforms that you most people use to listen, so such as your Spotify, for example, where people get to listen, I found out that in some of the African countries, people are unable to have access. Spotify. So that was like a, a little bit of a challenge on my part. So then initially I was putting out my Spotify or my Apple podcast and people, not a lot of people have Apple phones as well. So that's also another challenge. So thankfully, because of the, um, because of the hosts that I use, I just realized I need to be putting out the generic podcasting um, link and then people can choose uh, how to go from there. So I've, I've learned that um, I mean my markets, I try because the whole aim of my podcast is to reach Africans the Same, because I want to create um, visible role models. I think uh, say that, that it's very hard for you to see something that you, I mean to, to want something that you do not see. So that's also another um element of mine. So uh in, in learning all of these things, um, and also for other people who might want to reach audiences in Africa. I think these are something that you guys can be cognizant of um, in terms of reaching your markets. And uh, after I learned to do that, that's when I realized that like my my audience um, grew. And I have to be really appreciative with the fact that um, I'm, I have some really great audiences in the US and in Europe, which is really, really humbling because I'm like, how the hell is that possible? I'm in South Africa. What? So it's really, really exciting that um, these things happen. And also, I think somebody also mentioned earlier about creating sort of a niche market for yourself. So I pride myself with being the first in many spaces or the only one of my kind in terms of um, doing what I'm doing. I think there's a lot of podcasts where um, people talk to different um, scientists, but it's very limited in terms of um Africans and STEM specifically. So it's been such a it's been a really learning experience on my part and also just getting people's work out there was really,
1: really great for this year. So yeah, thanks. Perfect. That's actually a very good input. Um I think Meredith had something to say about that question as well.
10: Yeah definitely. Um so we, uh, sort of a full circle again, our podcast is not new this year either. Um, so we've been around since 2019, I believe. It was, I, I came in um, after the beginning of the podcast, but we've, we had a, a fairly steady audience. Like I mentioned, we had a radio show. I agree with a lot of what I've been hearing though. The, the weekly, the weekly slog is, is huge. Um, but then correspondingly, we, we expanded our team. So we have um, designated roles of uh, myself and someone else does the, does the production and we have people doing social media and we have, so we have co-hosts that do secondary jobs within the podcast as well. Um, Again, it is for $0 (laughs) as we all know, um, but it is jobs within jobs um, to make the podcast happen and the radio show happen on a weekly basis. So we have an obligation to go weekly. um, So we need to keep that up. It's not a, not a choice for us. So um, we have to work within that, but, On top of that, I mean, we all have our own expertise areas. So the podcast is one sort of a centre of a microcosm, I guess. Um, We all do our own psychom outside of that, our own performance work, that sort of thing um, that sort of feeds the podcast. So, for example, I, I, being an IT, I've got to go where my people are (laughs) So to find the audience you have got to go where they are. And to do that um, means I've had to expand onto YouTube, uh, means I've had to expand onto Twitch, um, so, doing a lot of um, science communication outreach and um, videos on Twitch, which is for anyone else, it's the the, the gaming platform, um, the YouTube of the gaming world, <laughs> as such, um, and TikTok, and all those different places where um, people don't tend to put their fingers in all those pies. So, our listenership, coming back to the podcast, has not actually changed a lot for twenty twenty. So, it's just a bit of a different take um, because we've we've found that we've uh, we adapted what we were doing prior to the pandemic. And um, essentially the only thing that really has changed is social distancing when we get together to record the podcast. That's all it is. Um, So for us, we are lucky in that way. And we haven't actually gained many listeners actually um, for this 2020, but we haven't lost any. So it's been quite a a fairly steady um, rise for us, but it's not been exponentially higher for 2020 because of the pandemic. So it's an interesting... Yeah, interesting, been an interesting year, but differently to some other people here.
1: Well, interesting is one way to describe 2020. Um, I have many, many other uh, words that should not be on air for that year as well. Um, so, uh, um, yeah, I think it's time to move to another question, another section of, uh, of this show. And I think throughout the process, especially during 2020. Um, We've experienced a lot of uh, special episodes and unique situations, and I wanna check it out with you guys. Uh, Do you have any experience, a special experience or a special episode that you wanna share with us um, that you've been through during 2020, horrible 2020, interesting 2020, amusing 2020, uh, what was that experience for you? So I see Laura raising her hand. So let's start with Laura.
2: Yeah, mine actually it was how I found this group in the first place because I was um, perusing around um, Spotify trying to find some podcasts, and I like kind of in the similar lane to mine to get an idea of like how are the people doing it. As I said, like I kind of stumbled into podcasting. This wasn't something that I intended to do. So I was like, just okay thinking about format, thinking about that kind of thing. And I stumbled onto Lee's and I found one on Ants that he'd done. <laughs> and I I was like, obviously I'll listen to this because a couple of weeks before I'd put out my own about Ants and I'd spoken with... Uh, This amazing professor at Stanford who'd done like two TED Talks with over two million views each on ants. And I'd got to speak to her about colonies and how they function and what like the environmental risks to them at the moment are for, you know, a couple of hours. And then I listened to Lee's and he'd he had a whole other one that was like another like hour and a half, two hours with uh, what was his name? Balint something. What was the guy you guys spoke to?
8: Uh, Ballant Cacho, uh, he's from uh, Pennsylvania, uh, University of Pennsylvania, or is it Penn State, or some some, some American <laughs> university. Yeah,
2: yeah. Like, he, he was so great, such a great speaker. And honestly, like, I loved the episode for itself. But what I really loved most was just that you managed to talk about a, a whole area that I hadn't even... Um, I didn't had no idea about everything that he said and everything that you guys talked about was completely outside of the little bubble of stuff that I managed to talk about, about the ants on my episode. And that's what I just, I just love that. I love that, that, like that fact about podcasting and science that there's so, so, so much that we can talk about and learn and, um, and engage on and um you know that's even without talking about the the professors and the researchers themselves so I reached out to Lee and then that's how I kind of got into into this gang and so that was a really nice experience for me it definitely um gave me a little boost to think like you know there's just there's just so much Um, and I think that's what excites me a lot about
1: science podcasting so it's all about the ants
2: yeah (laughs) takeaway:
1: I love ants. <laughs> you love ants, yeah. Um, Often,
3: so I love all episodes. Okay, so but if if you if in the production process, the thing I love most is that you can call it the hunt or approaching people because actually, be having this podcast Is as, as an excuse to approach people and say, "Hey, listen, I'm doing this. You can listen, and we're looking for fresh point of views." and stuff like that. and i get to know so many people that don't don't want to go on an interview and um that that was like my uh my amazing um experience on that or or taking this part but favorite favorite episode we got to interview an amazing an amazing woman amazing scientist uh, natalie uh, and natalie giovanna she and it's amazing because she tells the story so passionately. And I've heard her over a conference a dinner table and like two years ago. And I said to Lena when we started, ne- never mind where we going with this, when, who are we going to interview at some point, we need to get her story done. So we keep our episodes around 45 to 55 uh, minute long. We cannot, we couldn't stop two hours, two hours and 30 minutes in to our, the interview with her. We couldn't stop. I, I We worked so much on that because we wanted it to be perfect. Her story is freaking amazing. She moved halfway across the world, did a, po- did a postdoc, and very soon decided against, like, everything we were, like, we were taught at, at, like, sunk costs or everything, that that's not for her, went back, opened a company with her vision and her, and her um, idea, and fought it through for years until she made an impact. And she talked about this impact, how she helps rare disease patients, bringing them cure. And you see across Zoom or or across the, like audio waves, you can you can hear the spark, the, the the passion. And this is exactly what we wanted to to relay to our audience: is that you take hard choices, but you have to make them based on knowledge you have to ask questions what are my core values and and she talks exactly about that about what were what were her core values how it guided her decisions very tough decisions move halfway across the world with a family move back open up fight against vcs of against no no funding be alone in the company and raise up from the ashes and and, and she's amazing and and we knew that because me and lena we talked about this episode for a month between ourselves every day and we just waited for the for the airing like when it was airing yeah. so this is this is my our favorite episode
1: sounds interesting experience and a very interesting guest with a lot of moves. Uh, let's move to Vikram.
0: Yeah. So I've had, I've gotten to have a, a, it's hard to pick one, right? So I'm, I've, as y'all have been talking, I've been, uh, uh, looking through my list of episodes, like, Oh, that's a good one. And then, you know, there's a couple that I'm like, Oh, that one wasn't very good, but it's, that's okay. Uh, I've gotten to do some cool things. Like before we all got locked down, um, I got to do a live show at a comic book convention, because obviously I talk about plants. So that makes like lots of sense, but I talked about plants and sci-fi and fantasy uh, and world building and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I nerd out about ants because you know, I'm that guy, whatever. Uh, So um, that was fun. Uh, My granddad actually passed away over the summer and he was the one that uh, got me into plants and I grew up gardening with him and uh, my mom and I lived with my grandparents when I was young. And uh, so After he passed away at the end of July, um, which was actually the, the day before my PhD defense, um, uh, I got to do sort of a a tribute episode to him and talk about uh, a lot of the things he taught me, um, growing up. And that was really cool, but I think, so that was probably the most meaningful episode to me, uh. Uh, and I, you know, I I agonized about doing it because I was like, oh, does it fit? Is it right? And I was like, you know what? It is my podcast. I can do whatever I want. And so I just went for it. Um, but I think one of the coolest episodes I got to do um was a, a two-parter, uh, where I interviewed a uh uh paleobotanist, an archaeobotanist, um uh from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, uh, Dr. Alan Farahani, and and two of his undergraduate students who work in his lab. And so uh uh archaeobotany or paleoethnobotany really studies our long-term human connection to the environment and to plants. And it looks at different civilizations and societies and what they ate and what um, their agriculture and their diets and everything can tell us about who they were as a people and about their ways of life and the way that they managed land and all of that. And so um, that's kind of like, I made up the word anthropology, but that was sort of the whole like point of, of what I'm doing is how do we connect back to the environment And so uh, uh, getting to interview Dr. Farahani and and uh, uh, t- again two of his undergraduate students was really cool um, just to hear the differences in perspective between um, uh, him who's been in the in the field for quite a while and has done you know uh, digs all over the world and who teaches and who does research and uh, these 19 20 year old, uh, uh, undergraduate trainees that he works with that are, you know, have their whole careers out ahead of them. And it was cool to hear about the experiences they've all gotten to have in the field, but also, you know, where that field is going and what current and future researchers or research um, programs and technologies and stuff can tell us about our, our past as a species and uh, as, as societies that, I think that was probably one of the cooler experiences I've gotten to have Um uh, doing the show this year.
1: Amazing. Uh very very personal in a way. Uh sounds very uh interesting and actually inspiring as well. Um uh, Sophia and Gabe Hey uh, so uh this
4: year we did a, a our favorite episode was I think uh, definitely the neurology one.
3: Yes.
4: Yeah, the neurology one was dope. Uh, we had um, we had on uh, Peter Zeitman from the UCL Institute of Neurology uh, in London, uh, and he talked about how um, basically Bayesian networks uh, are being used to be- interpret basically how sensory sensory data goes from a, a very high information content to low information content, which we uh, covered a little bit on our TMI episode. Uh, on information theory
6: let me let me put that into plain english real quick (laughs) these guys use uh mathematics and computer modeling to describe a variety of human consciousness experiences let's include a website uh before we go basically they make mathematical models of how neurons talk to each other for anybody you know including how you experience your senses, like touch or sight or sound,
4: and what's cool about that is that it turns out that uh, that um, that it, when you go from simple information such as uh, like just input that you get from into the retinas into more complex information like uh, concepts like I hit a table with my hand or I picked up a glass that the communication goes both ways. And you actually see this apparently in dissections of the brain, Yeah, the fibrils going both ways. And that was just a really rewarding episode because it brought together what we did on the consciousness episode on the information theory episode. It combined like 10 of our other episodes.
6: Oh, it was phenomenal. We will include a link to their website and even taking 20 seconds to look at their website. You're like, holy shit. This is amazing cutting edge research into mathematical modeling of the human consciousness experience.
4: Yeah, and I would say though that the, that um, our favorite episode overall was an episode we did with Frank Salas, who is the somebody from Albuquerque, New Mexico, who got his um, uh, electrical engineering degree after uh, being in prison for ten years for crack.
6: It's called Math and Prison Riots. A former drug dealer who was selling crack cocaine on the streets of Albuquerque turned his life around after seven years in prison and then now almost has his phd in electrical engineering great friend of mine good guy
4: but yeah it's been a really interesting experience doing interviews uh, yeah yeah
6: Yeah.
1: perfect let's continue wesley
8: hey thanks ido um i was going to feel a bit guilty Given that Laura already mentioned one of my episodes, and I was going to mention another one, but I think the breath and breaking math people have just said too, so I think it's okay. They've let me off the hook there. Um, so I think, apart from the ants one, which was uh, just so much fun, because Ballant was just such a great, a great guy, so enthusiastic about the subject. I think similarly, uh, one of my favorites uh, was the episode I did on stars with Lisa Harvey Smith, because um, she was just so so kind of down to earth so funny and has such a human way of going about talking about her subject and obviously, you know stars and space and things are exciting but they can also be quite abstract you know obviously they're so far away they're quite removed from our kind of daily lives because you know most of us are living in cities we barely even see them anymore apart from maybe like sci-fi movies or something um But also, you know, just the the way she described the behavior of stars, um, you know, the kind of stars she was talking about um, and relating them to like human personalities. Um, And just a a really big bit from reading her book, The Secret of Stars, that really touched me was just her description of the way science can be written in a very kind of male voice. And that's what I tend to read. And that's the way I would tend to talk about things because I'm a male. That's the way I'm going to do stuff i can't really do anything other than that um so it kind of really struck me um that the way she just described that in her book of why she was writing that book why she was writing it in that way to try to you know support more kind of women in stem women being interested in this astronomy and things just kind of really hit home to me as, as an argument in a way that i think she was just making a lot better than than other people Um, tend to do so that that was a really kind of interesting part of that episode for me and and i also just love the the way that lisa talks about there's almost like three generations in her family where they've passed down kind of love of, of astronomy and the night sky um so i really like how she just gives that that kind of very human very personal um side to uh what could be something very distant
1: And we continue with Kristen.
5: Well, like I mentioned, uh, this is my first year and um, still figuring out a lot of things. Uh, But I think one of the things I ended up doing that I really enjoyed was takeovers. So, I mean, I have a background in journalism, so... Interviews aren't a big deal for me. I'm perfectly comfortable writing interview questions. And when I talk to people about doing interviews, I always send them the questions, have them approve them. But it's this whole, you know, carefully constructed conversation. And, you know, for a lot of us in the U.S. and for those of you who have seen what's going on with the U.S. this year... Uh, it was very active this year on a political and social level. And one of the discussions that were being had was raising up voices of people who are underrepresented, especially people of color underrepresented in STEM and in these conversations. And so I very carefully chose a group of people that I had seen their psychom. I knew that they were very interested in, in conservation, but when I had seen interviews and discussions with them, Again, the interviews were, they can be very limiting and it can be hard to to know where to ask the right questions. So I approached them and I said, Look, for this whole month, I'm just going to let you guys take over. You can discuss whatever you want. It doesn't have to be wildlife. If you want to talk about wildlife, go ahead. If you don't want to talk about wildlife, um, whatever you feel like you don't get to talk about in interviews or podcasts, or if there's a message you have, tell it, basically. And I had this whole month where literally, like, I told them, I can take a backseat or I can have a conversation with you. And most of them asked to have conversations and do some back and forth. And the last one I ended up doing was actually a little bit late. Uh, She's somebody I actually work with at the National Aquarium. Uh, Her name's Simone. And uh, she does conservation education, just like I used to do. (laughs) But, you know, the takeovers were a lot of fun because I didn't have to worry about, asking the right questions or anything like that. We were all just kind of goofing around a bit. We all learned something. They all offered up information. It wasn't strictly just um, uh, political or social commentary. There was a lot of personal discussions. There were ones that were had about, um, you know, people's uh, work, research and studies. I mean, it was overall, it was really cool. I learned a lot and I'm not sure I could pick any one of them. I will say, you can kind of hear the learning curve as you progress through them. My very first one was really rough because I didn't realize I could record through zoom. I thought I had to record the audio coming out of zoom through my microphone. And my first one was awful. And I'm really tempted to invite her back to do like kind of a redo for her takeover, especially since she's also expanding on her topic. But as you listen, they slowly get better in audio (laughs) as I learn my lessons. Uh, But it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot about them as individuals. I learned a lot about, topics I didn't even think about. Uh, We discussed everything from cemetery birding to um, the Black Cowboys of Canada, like just (laughs) topics I never imagined having on my podcast. And it was really kind of cool letting somebody else take the reins because I would have never thought to ask the questions to learn about those particular topics. You know, you have, I have my frame of mind, they have their frame of mind. And I, I think that in the future, I definitely want to do more of that, not interviews, I want to let people kind of, um, take a little bit of the rain and bring their perspective in because I think that it was a lot more enriching in that format than it was trying to control and direct a conversation to get to certain points. So that's just me, but those were my favorites. <laughs> yeah,
1: sounds amazing. Including a very interesting tips as well. on uh, how to approach,
12: uh, Chris. Yeah. So, uh, this, so our show really focuses, we we kind of try to do seasons where we focus on different types of topics. And this season, we, we focused on figures from science history and how their kind of research or work led to interesting developments. And so trying to tell stories about the modern world through the lens of these other figures. And... Actually, this is a figure that I wanted to study and do a show on since I started listening to podcasts. Um, but so if have, has anyone on the call, and you can unmute yourselves if you'd like to answer this. Has anyone on the call, on the call ever seen the movie The Men Who Stare at Goats? Or yes. read that yes. book or heard about yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So as part of the armed services. So this was a group of people who – And this is real. This really happened in the United States. They were a group of researchers whose work was to try and develop psychic warrior monks for the United States military. Okay. Now that all sounds ridiculous. There is a whole part of the United States military whose research work is that kind of out there stuff. Right. And since my show really focuses on those areas where science and pseudoscience meet, that group is kind of like the perfect breeding ground for stuff that I want to talk about. And so we did, we did an entire series on this, on this guy named Robert Bigelow, who is the most interesting billionaire you've never heard of. He owns, uh, he owns a, a major hotel chain here in the United States, but is also a major funder of UFO research. And stuff like on psychics And life after death and all this other stuff And um, Some of that work led him To work with NASA and the group That stared at goats and tried to Shoot them with their mind lasers and uh, All these other people And it's really interesting to have This sort of figure who On the one hand funds and Does a lot of research work in like Aerospace right he's got Modules up on the international space Station now doing work but his passion has always been searching for psychic aliens so it's just a really fascinating subject that um I don't know it was like the perfect story this year and I'm so happy we were able to do it in the way that we did so that was that was that was for us our biggest our favorite I guess series of episodes
1: I think there's a lot of listening to do after this show, but we're just in the <laughs> middle of it. Um, let's continue with David.
11: So, uh, for a favorite episode, it's hard, It's really difficult because uh, you know I, I have. I'm really happy with all the guests that I've had. I've uh, have I've had. Sp- kirsten sanford right in season one which was one of the people you know when you start a podcast i don't know if you did but you i had a list of like 50 people i really love and she was like at the top of it she's host and producer uh, or co-host of uh, the of twist uh, the this week in science podcast. Uh, it's a weekly it's now on youtube also but anyway but that's not it that, that's just to say that it's really hard to choose a, per, a you know favorite interview but something that that and there's actually two examples really recent uh, i don't know if everyone knows Papa PhD is bilingual. One week is an episode in French. One week is an episode in English. So I'm going to give two examples of uh, of things of kind of unexpected things. And um, this season I've stopped. I used. I I also I still send a list of questions to my guests so they kind of know where we're going to you know where we're going to travel <laughs> during the interview but i don't ask them anymore i i ask them to introduce themselves and then i i pick up from their from their story and and that's the way i'm doing it now and sometimes there's surprises but um wh- one of them in season one was i saw that the person was on their webcam and there was some somehow a, a bike like a, a racing bicycle behind them and i was like how come this person was not able to you know find a spot where it was just wall and it ends up it's one of his many bicycles and then we want, we went on this huge thing about his being a, a like a competition cyclist while he was in his PhD and how important that was to him so this type of surprises is something I really enjoy a lot as an interviewer um, but these two examples are really recent so I just published uh, a bonus episode, bonus Christmas episode with uh, Megan Kirk Chang. She's finishing. She she, <laughs> she should have finished, but COVID arrived. Uh, her PhD in uh, clinical mental health, and she uh, she's a yoga instructor. And um, you know, the conversation was was very much around the trauma, the collective trauma that that COVID has brought upon society has, at large, and about some practices and things about. Uh, uh, um, mindfulness, etc., And, uh, so it's something that, you know, mental health is something that I try to bring whenever the, the, the guest, uh, is, is wants to talk about it. And I've, I've had some great episodes about that, but here it was about wellness, right? About getting, feeling better after this year that was really hard. And, uh, Ido, I agree with you. There's some, there's some adjectives that could be used, but let's just <laughs> say it was difficult. Um, and at the end, she was talking about practices. And at the, really at the end of the interview, I say, I, I say, well, do you want to give a guided meditation right now? And so at the end of the, this, like two episodes ago, uh, there's a small, short uh, guided meditation by her in my episode. So this was not scripted, not planned. She said yes right away. And then we did. I actually did. I, I actually followed it. And it was really Cool. I, I was really happy. It was one of the interviews that I, I finished and I was really, really like smiling inside and outside. Um, so this is one. So one unexpected uh, cool thing that happened during the interview. The other one is um, I, I've decided to bring some people that are specialists that are not scientists and not so not too long ago, in French, I invited someone. He's a journalist. He mostly uh, he has this uh, po- kind of a podcast, and he's promotes this uh, website, and it's all news about technology. And he's been he, here in Montreal. He's really well known. He's been uh, he's been uh, in the on the you know the national radio, and in he had uh, columns in big newspapers, and now he has his own website. But I saw him give a talk about interviewing technique. And as I listened to him and seeing his profile, he he had been being director of teams, et cetera, I said, you know, one of the things that's difficult for us coming out of academia to, you know, going into industry or whatever that is not academia is the interview process. At least the first few ones, it's like, it's, hard. it's, it's, it's difficult to know, you know, how to, you know, behave, how to, what to say, what not to say, how to prepare, how to dress. Um, but in this case, I, I, Wrote him, shot him an email saying hey I, I saw your talk about interviewing technique but you know what I have this podcast about you know switching careers from academia um and I and you know one of the things is interviewing uh, for interviewing for a job it's it's hard when you come from this thing of doing this research research and writing this thesis and yes presenting some things but in a very structured way and in a in a lingo that's you know very uh, hermetic sometimes he said yes right away and it was a great conversation and what surprised me is that i thought we were going to talk just about that and then we talked he sa- he talked about uh, he actually started by talking about uh how to communicate science in the media when you're a scientist because he's had experience he had had experience coaching people to, to do that which i did not know and in the end because he's a techie we even talked about uh, because the idea came to me to say, to say well, now we're in COVID, and people are actually interviewing on Zoom. Do you have something to say about that? And he had a bunch of things to say, like the background that you should, you should or should not use, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it was two things: bringing someone that was not my typical guest, uh, and then having a very fruitful conversation and being surprised of the value he could bring, the extra value that I didn't expect to the episode. So I'd say those, and his name is Bruno Guglielminetti. Gugliel Minetti. It's an Italian name. He's Francophone. And um, and yeah, so th- those are the two latest ones. And it's not like my favorite episodes, but I, at the end of these interviews, I was like really happy with, with the experience. So yeah, that's why I don't want to share.
1: I was actually expecting you to say, Danny, taking into account that we are in this platform. <laughs> she is on the panel here. I was very
11: um. careful to say that I was not going <laughs> to choose anyone. <laughs>
10: uh meredith please we're actually having some entertaining conversation on the chat as well hopefully some of that will be included um yeah i i well it's the same thing i'm not entirely sure i can actually pick one but um also being a, a group of 10 10 people <laughs> all with different interests and all with um, different expertise um i'm going to pick one of mine <laughs> sorry girls um but but the thing is is it um in tech, unlike some of the other science fields in well, the, the other branches of STEM, they don't talk. <laughs> I'm, I'm a lecturer as well. I know this, the students sit there. Um, they don't talk. It's just, it's just a thing that they do. Um, and when they graduate and they become, you know, uh, accomplished in their field, they still don't talk. Um, so getting getting them involved in SciComm is very important, but it's also very hard. So... Luckily, one of my other areas is sort of is the space science and and actually building and designing new tech. Um, so one of my favorite episodes was getting um, not exactly a mentor, but hopefully a future mentor, um but someone I admire very much, um, so Professor Paolo D'Souza, um who was w- working with JPL um quite a lot. He actually works with Griffith University and previously University of Tasmania, where I'm from. Um, so that's where the connection goes. And he came, he was actually just, he helped design part of the Mars rovers, which dovetailed perfectly into an episode I wanted to do. Um, and it was the perfect guest and it just sort of came together really well. And, um, what I guess the, the thing I really picked about that wasn't just the subject matter, but he actually surprised us quite a lot with, um, I, I guess some of the philosophy of science that he brought to it. Um, so it wasn't all just the hard science he did talk about micro micro sensing and all sorts of different things but he brought it back to why it's important and that's to me a true science communicator um and again a bit like lee said with um with Lee harvey smith it 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 depends on how you uh, the, the guest will make the show um our job is to guide the show and uh essentially um, if you get a good guest and you get a good content matter, it's 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 magic. So this episode really came together and it's just sparked so many new um, new content, hopefully, for the next season of our show, which should be great. Perfect. So that concludes that
1: section of the of the talk. And now I was thinking that at the end of the day. All of us have one thing in common. We, some of us are within academia. Are, uh, some of us are not in academia. Some researchers, some come from STEM, come f- some from, from other fields. And one thing we all have in common is that we care about the, the, the knowledge, having discussion about and knowledge of discoveries and, and scientific developments and these kinds of things. So one of the things I wanted to raise up to to discussion to bring into the discussion is any interesting scientific development or scientific discovery or any other types of discovery that you've uh, encountered during t- uh, 2020 that you find interesting that you want to bring into the table into the discussion and I think we would start with uh, danny and see how it goes along and as a wrote to you in the chat and By the way, our viewers are missing out on on hilarious chat discussion, uh, which I don't know how, but should be some way conveyed uh, to other platforms. Anyway, uh, as I told you on the the Zoom chat that we have here, feel free to interact, ask questions, make comments. Some of us are more experts. Some of us have knowledge. Some of us actually interviewed people related to these topics. So it should be more of a unmoderated, interesting discussion as organized as we can.
13: Uh, Danny, please. Yes, thanks. Uh, I am kind of happy that I dodged the last question because I did feel like picking one of the episodes, a little bit of Sophie's choice, which is something that already came up in the chat that we have here uh, as well. So I'm happier to answer the question of what was my favorite science discovery in 2020? So I've been speaking to about 25 ECRs, early career researchers this year, and I have introduced their topics of research to the audience. Uh, So I really had to understand it myself in order to explain it to the others. Uh, So I definitely learned a lot. And I learned about bananas, about broccoli, about cells eating other cells, about literature, about international law, uh, and even a little bit more about migration, which is my own field uh, as I'm also PhD student myself. Um, But maybe one of the favorite parts of what I learned in one of the episodes um, is with one of the upcoming episodes with uh, Sharon. And here's a little bit of a spoiler alert. So I learned that uh, from her research as an art historian, that men throughout history really connect dragons or stories about dragons uh, with women. So that these women are very powerful creatures that need to be tamed, right? Uh, and there's these stories throughout history as well, where men always tried to attempt to sever the woman from her dragon, uh, to really domesticate her. And in ancient times, uh, when there was a wedding or a marriage, they would cut off the hair of the woman, for example, and this also relates to the story of Medusa, who has these Uh, snakes in their hair. She is also referred to in Greek mythology as a dragon. And I thought this was just really, really cool. And we even got to talk about how all of her stories and everything that she found out about dragons and women, obviously also connects to Game of Thrones. So I thought that that was some pretty cool science. Great.
1: Um, Yeah, I doing the pre-talks on on the editing, the producing part. I also uh, love that part of Sharon. Um, Anyone else want to share about any scientific or discovery uh, that they've had uh, or encountered in the last year? Um, If not, we'll move to the next section. Um, Vikram, are you raising your hand?
0: Yeah, yes. Sort of. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this is uh, this was a part of a discussion for an episode that hasn't actually come out yet. That'll be, um, you know, the first or first of January or late January. But uh, you may have seen some articles uh, pop up all over the Internet about uh, uh, forest bathing and. And when I first saw this concept, I it was kind of like, it feels like pseudoscience, right? It feels just the way that it's presented and all of this, it feels like something that's a little woo woo or whatever, but I started to do some research into this and it's like, it is a measurable, uh, effect on human health. So the whole idea is that you go and you spend time around trees, like a half an hour around a tree. And, uh, it's it's this concept like oh yeah i mean i think we we think about it and it's like yeah okay going outside is good for you for all of these reasons and you know you get time in the sun blah 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 and we think about it that way but there's actually physiological benefits to spending time in nature uh uh, trees release a suite of chemicals from um, some of the uh uh, phytocides and things that we just smell so like if you go and you smell a forest and you smell the uh you know the smell of a pine tree or of uh, just the general forest atmosphere a lot of that is phytochemicals that these plants are releasing um into into the atmosphere just as part of their metabolism and biological processes, but it turns out that they have physiological effects on the human body. From um, the rele- it causes your brain to release endorphins, it lowers your blood pressure, it can um, help you deal with stress, and all of these other things. And that's just, I think it's something that those of us who spend time in nature and spend time in the green industry kind of know at some level that I'm happy when I'm outside. I, I feel good when I'm in, uh, out and around trees and around nature, but it's cool that in some ways science is now doing the legwork to empirically say, Hey, yeah, go spend some time outside. Uh, you know, in there's, there's statistics that have come out that especially in the U S, uh, folks are spending up to 10 hours a day on social media, uh, especially this year during lockdown, um, and that's scary because of all the negative physiological effects that, uh, social media has been shown to have on your health. So, uh, maybe go hang out with the tree instead of getting in a fight on Twitter. I know that's fun. I, I do that every now and then, but I also do enjoy just going and reading a book under a tree, uh, finding a, uh, you know, a secluded park bench somewhere where you can, uh, effectively social the distance, but, um. You know, just spend some time outside. So I thought that was that was a, a pretty cool thing that I've learned this year.
12: You guys have been outside this year?
0: Once or twice.
13: Or instead of reading a book, you could also listen to a podcast because it's actually quiet out there, right? No, that's true.
1: Um yeah. Um okay. So who's next? Next we have Lee. Uh,
8: I think, first of all, I think we need to call out Vikram for being so insensitive that he's reading a book in front of a tree. Uh, That's a bit of a kind of
0: uh, killing someone's child.
8: It's a warning.
0: (laughs) They better not act up, you know. I'm happy to print the Lord of the Rings on one of them. That's, I'm, (laughs)
8: not <laughs> that uh, that might inspire them though might it not depending on which trees it is <laughs> i'm also a bit worried that i i'm a serious cave dweller i like being inside i probably like i'm um, descended from <laughs> a long line of cave dwellers so uh yeah i, I definitely should get out more um I think my my favourite stuff from this year, science-wise, and it's probably really obvious, it's not necessarily the scientific research or discovery, um, but to me it's just really exciting because I think it really speaks to our kind of core of what it is to be human and all those kind of existential issues. Issues, um, But it's the SpaceX kind of stuff this year, the two kind of manned flights to uh, to the space station. I was also reading something that they've – they've had a launch every two weeks um, in 2020, which given everything else that's going on and stuff is still amazing. Um, And I guess Elon Musk is probably one of those Marmite kind of people where people either love him or hate him. Um, But I think kind of regardless of who it is, you know, obviously it's not just Elon Musk that's involved in all of that. But um, I think just that that whole excitement of getting back to space, um, of – you know, even th- that's such extreme kind of. Actually, I'm not going to think something's impossible. I'm just going to try it and see what happens. Like all, you know, all the talk of Mars and things like that. Um, I think it's just really cool that someone is doing that and someone is being brave enough to to talk about those things and to put their money behind it, to put their energy and their life into it. And and the idea that we can kind of reach out into space again is just such an exciting thing. Um, you know, as a human being to think about, um, you know, and even um, like last week or just before Christmas, I was being interviewed for podcast radio, um, a guy called Graham Mack, and he was talking to me about, you know, being a, you know, involved in science podcasts. And he was talking about the moon landing, being a kid um, at the time, being able to see it on TV and just how exciting that is. And there's just something about, you know, space travel that just, I think, really touches people's cores, um, so yeah, it's a really obvious one, but I think that that was really exciting for me.
1: Brilliant um let's continue with offer.
3: Cool, so this year in science um i again, I got to get exposed to many many aspects that i'm I'm a molecular biologist a geneticist, and I usually don't get into um uh, but I think it's not assigned work, but um. Scientific course that was set. I think the the Nobel Prize for uh, Jennifer Doudna and Emmanuel Charpentier that was that was a, a huge a huge decision because they made a recent but enormous impact. Whoever uh, whoever did like <clears throat> genetic work and uh, knew the pain and suffering of making a transgenic model. That became like a, a, a first year project. So that advances science enormously forward, it didn't, and and they did not monetize like greatly on this technology, which is amazing. So I guess this is a, a a call for scientists: you you have to be brave and 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 really fight for your right. And they they fought. On the other end, the the same the same committee that decided to grant rent to print those two the Nobel Prize had. Uh, Helen granted the, the same prize for Feng Zhang from MIT, from Brown Institute. And so that is a great decision. And on the same note, the same Nobel prize committee or the same Nobel prize process granted, at least for me, the best internet moment of, uh, science internet moment of, of 2020 is the ring doorbell of Paul Migram getting a, a, a Nobel prize from his fellow in Stanford at like 4 a.m. That is, Best you can close the internet, that's it, done, go on. Uh so this is like science for me in this like weird uh 2020. Hopefully 2021 would be much more uh, fruitful.
1: Absolutely. Uh, let's continue with Laura.
2: Uh I hate to be the person to bring up coronavirus, but that was uh that was <laughs> something you don't have to, to. <laughs> no I didn't say I was going to. I hate to do it it had to be done um thing is like I so I've, I worked in environmental research for filmmaking and now podcasting so I was kind of familiar with the whole like a pandemic's coming in the next sort of 10 years and it's going to be a big thing um and the link, you know, with habitat destruction in particular. So I, when it, when it started, uh, when I started hearing from like friends and family and stuff about how, you know, it's so unfair and, um, you know, I I don't get to do this and I feel so sorry for myself and all of that. And I was like, I need to, I need to have a chat with somebody about, you know, why we're in this situation Um, and how, as much as we hate it, it's, you know, it's, like kind of our fault in a way um and so i i i got to speak to a couple of researchers who put out a paper quite a big paper in nature um just around july i think it was um that was talking about the the links uh between what's happened and um with habitat destruction and like the costs of what coronavirus is costing our economy right now and um what it would take to sort of reverse what we're doing to natural resources and uh and and prevent further things from happening and and um sort of start to heal. Um so that was really nice for me because anytime I was sort of talking to someone, I had this whole like roster of information that I could be like, wow, oh, this is what's going on. And um, and, you know, this new paper, hopefully it had some some influence, really, in terms of putting it into a into a language that people can understand, you know, the economy um, and and uh, what it costs. Because um, I think that's something that when when you talk about habitat destruction, deforestation, um, species loss, um, the sixth mass extinction, you know, people can sort of switch off. But when you, t- when you put it in terms of like this is what it's costing us, suddenly people can seem to understand it a little bit better. So. Um, to be able to talk to the lead authors of that paper. I don't know if it's really a discovery as, <laughs> as much, but it was definitely 2020 and, uh, um, yeah, something that I was happy, unhappy to dig into. Have we passed the point of no return? Oh, no, no, don't say that. No, we haven't. We haven't at all. We've got till maybe 10 years.
1: Oh well, that's very optimistic. Um, <laughs>
2: So they someone, as someone who, like, our
12: show is a comedy show, too, in some in many ways. I One of my favorite things about that ecological, kind of, like, the, this conversation now that we're having about ecology and our effect on it have actually been, besides, like, the actual, like, good stuff from it, have been the memes, like, nature is healing. Right? Like, there's a picture of, like, a, a birthday cake in, like, oh, a river. God. And it's, like, the cake Why? returns, nature is healing. You know? They're, it's, like, so... Part of me worries that, like, people aren't taking this seriously enough, but on the other hand, I'm laughing at, like, you know, a deer going into the ocean and people are like, the dolphins return, nature is healing.
5: Well, that was that they had that one viral one, too, where there was, like, dolphins in Venice and it was completely fake, too. Like, people right, just, yeah, up oh stuff, my God. too, that's not actually happening.
12: No, mm-hmm. yeah, people are, uh, people are idiots. 2020. <laughs> Woo!
0: If y'all are in, uh, if y'all aren't in the Wild Green Memes for Ecological Fiends Facebook group, you have to join that group. It was <laughs> wild when those memes came out. Like there was this whole thing about how olives feel like dolphins, and so they're the same thing. Olives are dolphins. It's it's really complicated, but there were all these memes that came out of like uh, uh, olives floating in the the canals of Venice. Like just nature is healing. Anyway, that has nothing to do with anything.
5: That was the hardest part of giving up Facebook was losing that group. Cause that oh, was so my like therapy. It's so good. Uh, Meredith. That's uh, really funny. Um,
10: I have, I have, I have to, I'm going to have to look up that group. I've been running it down. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, yeah. Echoing a bit of what Lee said, obviously, um, space science and everything, um, the, the SpaceX launches and everything. There's, there's too many things that went on in 2020. um, that someone actually brought up in one of our interviews, which was the fact that there's all these great things happening in 2020, but people aren't seeing it, even though it's right in your face, but they're not seeing it. Um, So it's actually quite interesting. Yeah, SpaceX obviously is putting it in your face, which is good. Um, Obviously, there's things that are going to bleed over from 2019 to 2021 that we're just going to claim as 2020. And um, things like that is the Mars rover on its way to Mars, obviously. But the biggest thing about this is that it's got its little hanger on, which is the the first sort of drone that's going to be released on Mars, which is, in terms of my field, fantastic, um, amazing, which would be great. Um, but also I guess another thing is that another aspect of my science is archaeology and some of the amazing things that people have found over the last 12 months um, using things like LIDAR, which is a radar with light. <laughs> We're going to it now. But basically um, what it does is you, you can literally strip away the trees. So, started in 2019, where they found all these mine sites they didn't even know were there. Um, and they actually found um, essentially that the Americas were settled probably 15,000 years earlier than we thought they were um, by civilizations unknown, which is really, really good. Um, and, yeah, just things like that that have been found out through tech, that's, that's my take on the amazing things happening.
1: Just small tech, right? Um, David, uh,
15: so I'm going to talk a bit about things related to health and uh, and uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, I it wasn't in the context of the podcast. Uh, it was I was invited to moderate uh, to moderate a, a meeting about the the uh, you know dangers and potential of, of uh, artificial intelligence in, in in the future in the near future. And someone in my family has uh, ALS, and is now almost uh, uh, we can't understand what the person says almost. And this uh, scientist that was there was working on ways to reproduce the, someone's voice uh, to you know to almost perfection crossing techniques that exist today of, of voice synthetization and artificial artificial intelligence using uh recordings of the the person's voice before it it goes away so this this was something that really you know really touched me because it, it you know it was close to home in a way and um the other the other thing is also to do with intelligence in health and this year i think is the first year that that there, there was um Uh, trial on children with uh, it's for diabetes and it's called a closed loop uh, for diabetes, which it's it's a machine that has an an artificial intelligence algorithm uh, programmed in there. And that allows for like 24 hour cycle without uh, the person in this case, the child needing to inject themselves uh, with insulin. There's a pump pumps have existed for a while but there's always there always needs to be some uh, calibration or some injections to you know bring the, the insulin levels to the to to where they need need to be. But now it looks like health uh, and and you know I don't know if this voice synthesis synthetization thing is health, but to me it feels like it, like it's connected. Um, it's interesting. It's interesting to see how artificial intelligence is now applications of artificial intelligence are getting closer and closer to people with uh, diseases with different uh, different challenges uh, in the in their lives and because uh, often you hear about it in a context of technology and uh, you know the, you know other uh, other more uh, techy things of finance and for, to me it really touched me to be talking with people in an, a context of uh, talking about health, about bringing improvement to people's lives and to hear, that that this, um, this thing that you know we all talk about, but it, which can be so complex, is now having these applications. So this is what I, I wanted to bring. If if you want, I can I can share the link to the the lab. But um, I, you know I don't think there's an article out there. There is about the closed loop for, for diabetes. That that's something I can share if if anyone wants to to know to hear more about it.
1: I can comment on the link on the YouTube chat that we have. That will be yep, a good we to add the link. Yep. Um, Sophia and Game.
4: Okay, so my uh, we each have a favorite a discovery from this year and we'll be quick. Um, my favorite discovery from this year was the discovery of that algorithm uh, from uh, that one company that allowed uh, Google that allowed um, people to do protein folding problems a lot quicker than before by like 75% like a factor of 75% reduction or something like that in speed or even more. Um, I thought that was really cool because it's, the problem, it's a, such an essential biological problem.
6: Yes, and mine is, I sent everybody the article, or sorry, the YouTube video that describes this. There has been a lot of um, thought of previously unsolvable math problems, including ones introduced by Alan Turing uh, that are now possibly solvable using quantum computing. The video I sent to the Twitter, just scroll up to, you know, the first message of the day. If you just scroll up a little bit, fabulous video. The whole idea that previously unsolvable math problems are now solvable is quite mind-blowing. Uh, but that's all I have to say on that one. It's a great topic.
1: Kristen, we move to you.
5: Well, it's sometimes it's hard to discuss positive things in the wildlife world, uh, <laughs> but uh, something that's always new and fun and positive is the new species we discover, and there are literally hundreds every year. Like I don't know if anybody ever keeps up with it, but you know, occasionally it goes viral. But there is literally hundreds of species, so I highlighted a few that I'd really enjoyed. Uh, My favorite was that there were two new six-gill saw sharks. So six-gill sharks in general are rare. Most sharks have five gills. And then saw sharks are also extremely rare, um, and all of them are endangered. So it's always really cool to find new species and to see more biodiversity in that particular group. Um, There was a spider in Iran that was named after Joaquin Phoenix. I don't know why, but it's a thing, (laughs) and it's this Phoenix spider. (laughs) It looks beautiful, though. Um, there was the devil-eyed frog in the Andes, which literally has like these fiery orange eyes. That was a really beautiful animal. Uh, in North Carolina, the state where I was born, they have a new species of salamander called the California sandhill salamander, which is this beautiful, vibrant, bright red salamander. And I absolutely loved it. And one other one I really enjoyed was there is a new species of iridescent snake that was discovered in Vietnam. And when I say iridescent, I mean, it literally looks like a moving oil spill. It is a stunning snake. It is absolutely gorgeous. All snakes have natural iridescence, but this one is perpetually iridescent and shiny and beautiful. And so those have been my highlight of the year is just seeing all the beautiful new animals that I can now talk about on my podcast. Cause I know they exist.
1: A great way to move forward uh, And last on that section we have Devon.
14: Um, so I'm going to use a word that I'm pretty sure 99 percent of the planet is sick of at this point um, unprecedented uh, this year was unprecedented in so many different ways. I, I think I think the biggest thing I can't I can't pick one main thing. Um, Because there's just so many things, and it's just kind of astonishing that in a year when so much was upended, that we still made so many discoveries and so much progress. Like human history uh, got rewritten like seven different times in terms of different, you know, massive events, um, including you know when people first arrived in North America being bumped back like another seventeen thousand years. Um, You know, some of the discoveries we made in space, uh, landing on an asteroid, uh, discovering types of black holes we thought were completely impossible, Um, some of the medical accomplishments like the development of a vaccine in less than a year. I mean, we did, and I say we as if I'm a part of this, but really I'm just talking about it, Um, humanity did a lot this year despite everything that we had to deal with, Um, and I just, I'm in awe of it. Uh, and it just makes me happy that I have a podcast where I can talk about all these things because now uh, you know, especially after this year, there's just an endless amount of things to to discuss. Like it will never end; it's a constant supply chain. It's awesome.
1: Endless amount of things to discuss. It's basically what these podcasts are, are all about, right? This is what we are here about, and that's the best way to to conclude that that part of the discussion. Which basically brings us to, to the end of this uh, episode of this special episode to conclude 2020. Um, it's been absolutely privilege and pleasure to have all of you here with us, and I want to thank the viewers as well. Um, it's been uh, a great uh, learning experience. Uh, I've learned how all of you actually look like behind your logos, and I think. It's time to actually move it to a gallery view, so we can have everyone together at the same time. Um, I want to thank you again for taking part in this uh, event. That event clearly emerged out of that weird Twitter group that we all have and we all all part uh, all part of. And it's amazing to see how a weird idea that was brought in uh, during had discussion about during a special Christmas or special end of year project actually came into this amazing video, amazing discussion. And I think uh, this brings so many ideas to more episodes and more collaborations and more YouTube activity that can be done in collaboration with this uh, group of podcasters and other groups of podcasters. And I'm, I'm 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 amazed by the amount of knowledge that we have here in this room or Zoom room that we have right now. And I think that is it for me. Um, it's been a pleasure. It's been entertaining. And it's been education and amusing. I think this is exactly what we promised in the, for this show. So thank you, everybody.
11: Thanks for your kind words you know i think maybe everyone should open their mic and uh and let's say uh, yeah. yeah thank you group, goodbye thank you so this was great this.
8: yeah so much fun yeah
12: you know thank you so, so much good. for
11: moderating
5: so yeah good. yeah, yeah so it's really
8: moderated
11: it totally changes the experience
0: yeah <laughs> it's great yeah it's, it's so great
5: so well faces yeah
0: yeah <laughs> 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 i think We're it's really cool that an
8: that was really cool. Everyone had different ideas of their favorite science bits of the year as well. I was sure we were going to have some something that kind of overlapped a bit, but no.
13: Yeah, and uh, Happy New Year to everyone. Yeah. Yes.
8: Happy, yeah.
5: New, yeah. Happy uh, New Year. Everyone. Happy you. New thank Year. Yes. Some of you yeah, guys will have it sooner this, yeah. than others.
0: So again, I hope y'all enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, stay tuned for some more of this stuff over the next year. We're planning on um, doing a few of these live streams, probably in smaller groups and maybe uh, a little more topical than this one was. Um, but but stay tuned for more information. We'll be streaming it on uh, YouTube probably and you'll find information on uh, Instagram, on Twitter and on Facebook about it. Again, thank you so much for all the support. All the listens. Uh, Thanks to those of you who um, support the show on Patreon. There's no obligation to do so, but it's much appreciated. Um, Thank you uh, so much to Texas Tech University and Dr. Richie, who have supported everything that this show has been and have been so wonderful throughout this whole process. Follow on social media, connect, stay in touch, be a part of Planthropology. And um, I wish you all the best in 2021. And I will talk to y'all very, very, very soon. Keep being really cool plant people.